Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to the top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Coach Torrey, glad to be back in the classroom with you. Uh, It is the dog days of summer. It was uh, about 104 degrees here yesterday. Wow. I mean, we are coming out of that. We had um, 90 plus heat index of over 100 for a couple of weeks. And uh, now we're back down in the 80s where it should be. So um, I'm glad you guys get it now and, and we don't. <laughs> Definitely the dog days. Um, I was putting out pine straw yesterday and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to start early. And I started early and ended late around 2.30. And I went through two shirts, two pair of shorts and three pair of socks. Uh, it was miserable, but as I was doing that, I was doing a lot of reflecting on this summer and we can hit on this a little bit too, uh, of what does success look like? Because, you know, we, we took a group earlier, uh, in June to Eugene, Oregon, and you know, we, it wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but they were still successful, even though it didn't feel successful. And that's what we want to talk about today is you know what does success feel like versus what does it look like and also what does failing look like and what does that feel like um and look this topic came up it popped in my head when i was putting out the pine straw like is anybody really going to care is like like does my house look successful now that i have clean great looking pine straw no no and if it goes by how i feel i felt awful with it being 104 degrees um but the end product was great. You know, my wife loved it. And uh, just a sense of pride. I mean, take care of your stuff. But anyway, that's kind of where I am today in, in my thought process. You know, we can talk about what happened in Eugene, Oregon. And we can talk about uh, people that win championships, people that are very successful in business, and they're very successful. And that's what the world sees. And that's what, like, that's how you're measured. But to the person, what does it feel like? Yeah, you kind of, you, you put that on me yesterday and it's like, since then I've been thinking about, you know, what does success feel like? Is it um, the the shooting your arms in the air because you just, you know, made, made a great play in sports or uh, that you ended the game victorious or even that you were given a compliment or a promotion by your employer or your boss or someone close to you? Um, is it the feel of the inside of the championship ring that you put, on your finger at the end of the season or, or whatever. Um, is it the Gatorade bath that kind of comes, you know, that's become an iconic moment mm-hmm. with uh, celebration or, or things like that. And, um, you know, those moments are so fleeting. And I think about all the people that try to recreate those moments, right? They maybe have the moment or they want the moment so badly that they will sacrifice a lot of different things to make it happen. And, um, the thing about feelings, and this is why principles, living by your principles is so important because your principles, they stay with you forever, right? You can change your principles, but for the most part, we're set in our ways in our forties now. Like we live by the same principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are our compass that keep us pointed North, right. And keep us grounded and feelings don't feelings are fleeting. They come, they go, we chase them. Uh, we think we're on the right path. We don't know. I mean, feelings if you live by your feelings it it truly is like a roller coaster 
Whereas the principles, it's more like that's your North Star. So that's kind of how I think about it. But I started to think about all the feelings that we have as coaches sometimes and that emotional roller coaster that we ride. Yeah. I'm going to share a quick story with you about about feelings and and all that stuff. Um, you know, we went to Eugene for Nike Outdoor Nationals, June 15th, 16th, 17th. Amazing. That's the first time I've been to the West Coast, and we went as far west as you could go in Oregon to Florence, and it was beautiful. And uh, we were there and enjoying the sights, and there's not really that much to do in Eugene. Uh, they have a great pizza place. Um, that's about it, you know. Plus, it's the mecca of track and field. So we run on that Friday, and uh, man, we're ready. We, we should have the fastest time. Our kids get ready. Uh, we actually end up winning the race. Posted a time of 3.34.7, beat the second place team by two seconds. So roller coaster of emotions. Uh, we're celebrating for like the first two and a half minutes. They had just won, they're national champs uh, in the mixed mile relay. And as we're celebrating, uh, being the parents and my assistant coaches, uh, one of the kids was like waving to us, like, come here, come here, come here. And we ran down and they said, they're saying we're disqualified. And I said, how? And the guy came over and he showed me the, the three DQ letters, like of how, what the judges saw. And the referee was like, I can go appeal this, I can do this, but you have three cards on this race. And it's very hard to overturn. So I went back, and they have a video shot of it. But you know, for my kids, I'm gonna I'm gonna appeal it. You know, I'm gonna exhaust every resource to to help them. Uh, so we did. We lost the appeal. And what was happened? What happened was on the first leg. And for track and field people, you know this. You're allowed one step inside of or on a line. Two steps is high school rule. My guy took three to five. So it was on the line, on the line, inside the line, on the line, inside the line, and then recorrected. Well, that's a disqualification. Rules are rules. And uh, the first 45 seconds of me was like, we drove all the way here. I was trying to make excuses, and I was like, time out. What? Like, all that was running in my head. I was like, time out. We posted the fastest time. We're not going to be on top of the podium. We're not going to get a national championship ring. We're not going to get, you know, all the whatever. And the kids are like, we're still national champions. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You posted the fastest time, but you're not a national champion. And the parents are like, well, they earned that. They no, they didn't. They were disqualified. It's like we were never there. Coaches, does it feel like sometimes all you're doing is copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging, and redrawing your playbooks? Get your time back. Designed by a current NFL coach with the same pain points you have, Pro Quick Draw is an incredibly powerful plugin to improve the playbook software you've already got on your computer, Microsoft PowerPoint. We've created buttons, tools, and shortcuts to save you time, keep you organized, and give your playbook presentations, scout cards, and practice scripts a professional look, and created in half the time. We've got over 25 NFL teams using PQD, and we're giving you a chance to use it too with our new affordable price for high school coaches. Try us for 30 days with no strings attached. You'll get a one-on-one -on -one video call with a football coach who speaks your language. Plus, 
you get to keep everything you make during your trial. Visit www.proquickdraw.com to get an impressive 2022 playbook started. I guess you could call it a moral victory or whatever, but you think about like one of the highest highs you've had for your kids and then rock bottom for those kids. You know, they take it away. It's a DQ because of something they did. So you talk about feelings. What does success look like? We ask God to bless our efforts, not to win. If you ask him, if you ask God for, for you to win every game, then all you are is Aladdin rubbing the genie and saying, can we win today? You know, you're granting those wishes. So that happens. And it was an awesome teaching moment of what does success feel like versus what does it look like? So as I thought of, thought about that question that I posed to you yesterday, I went right back to what happened in Oregon. So what does it look like? Yes, it, to everybody else, it looked like, oh, we did this. Oh, you posted fast time. No, but you didn't win. But what did it feel like to those kids? They, they posted the fastest time. They did their best. We had one that ran on a – one girl probably shouldn't even have ran with her foot the way it was, but she got through it. But that was successful for them. And there's a lot of teaching moments in that story that came out of it. And I want them to know, like, you can't shortchange yourself and say that you're successful if you're not. Like that – no, you didn't fail, but you were disqualified. So there's a lot of learning um, – Learning goals in that, uh, the growth aspect of what we talk about, uh, Nick Winkler put out there. I, I talked to him about what failure is not. And the opposite of success is the opportunity to grow. And for those kids, that was an opportunity to grow. Uh, maybe it's down the road, three, five, seven, maybe never, I don't know, of what success looks like versus what it feels like. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple things. First of all, it's a really powerful story of you're you're at the highest level, right? You're at the you're you're at the the mecca of Nike. I mean, Bill Bowerman and Phil Knight, and mm -hmm. and every every sports fan knows that story. And then you're running in the nationals, right? And then you compete at the highest level, and you go out and you deliver, and then it all comes crashing down, right? It's a house of cards in the end, which which is fine. I mean, that's part of competition. When you put yourself out there, you know, there's things that you're going to do. We, we talked about the edge, you know, like you want you compete on the edge. You guys are on the edge. And in the end, uh, it didn't go your way. And, you know, as you're telling the story, I think about cool runnings, uh, the Disney movie where it talks about the Jamaican bobsled team, true story, right. From the 1988 Olympics. And um, John Candy's character, he's the, the bobsled coach in the video. For those of you that, you know, are of a certain age and have been around the block for a while. And I, I show that video to my kids, my eighth graders, because it's a character-based video and something similar happens to them, right? Uh, and the night before the placing round in that movie, you know, John Candy and his, his it's a true story, but his character, that person was disbarred from the Olympics for cheating, pushing the edge too far. Now you guys weren't cheating, so it's a little bit different, right. but um when one of his teammates asks him coach why'd you do it why'd you cheat why'd you risk everything I, I i love this line that he says he goes if you're never if you're not enough without a gold medal you'll never be enough with it mm. and so when we talk about feelings mm. it's like if you don't have enough self-worth inside of you to just be grateful for competing and the opportunity and the chance to learn and grow and go experience new things you're, it do, then it doesn't matter if you win or not. 
So if you can't be enough with who you are, then the winning doesn't matter. And uh, I think about the feeling, you know, so as you're telling that story of being out there in Oregon, and I, honestly, I've, I've never been to Oregon. I've, I've never been uh, to the West Coast out there. And, you know, I instantly think in my mind about the Goonies, the scene when the ship comes out. And I mean, I've seen some of your posts, you know, with uh, with like the pirate ship on the water and the, the white cap seas and the big tall pines and, and the cliffs. Um, but the feeling that you're describing is, it's a memory, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, that's what our feelings leave us with. It's the memory. And how, how do you want to be remembered? You and I have talked about that with legacy. We've talked about that with winning. And the feelings that you get are authentic. They can't be reproduced. Your kids and you will tell that story for decades to come. Yep. And it doesn't matter that you didn't win. It doesn't matter that you were disqualified. Yep. Um, and I, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, now it was a hard pill for me to swallow in the first 45 seconds because, I mean, we we knew there was a chance that we could win it. So selfishly, I was like, I want this for these kids. They deserve this. They deserve that. But we deserve to compete, and that's all you give yourself yes. a chance for. You give a chance, like, and I think it was it was the piggybacking off of you know we've had a good stretch of uh, track championships here, and I was like, hey, let this be the Hey, this is going to set another bar for our guys and girls. And in the end, like, it was a very teachable moment for me for two juniors and two seniors of, hey, sometimes you're going to give your best and it's not enough. But the chance that not, and I remember this so vividly, we were sitting right by the square track, so the track that's right next to the stadium. And they were coming up the runway, and they're like, they told us that we couldn't even go out there. I was like, you can't. You, you were disqualified. Like, you, you can't even be sixth place. And uh, I remember looking at them like, you're going to remember this forever. And this is one of those moments that you need to think about, hey, I did what I needed to do, but that gold medal does not define me. Me standing on the top of that podium is not going to define who I am. You know, Damon West says the best the past does not define you. So if they go through this, we're like, hey, we failed at this, and then there's a cycle of failing, well, then you're letting it define you. But I've talked to all four of them since that time, and they've learned different aspects, like they've learned different things from different aspects of that race of what they could have done. And it was only one person, one person that affected that whole outcome. And uh, I, I just think it's powerful that they, they stick by each other. Uh, they're fixing to do uh, – the news station wants to do a recap of the story. And I said, well, you know, we, we didn't win. He goes, no, 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 no. Would you be willing to do a story with your kids on what that feels like, like that journey? And I think that's a lot to what we can tell our listeners today is there's only one winner. If you define success as winning, there's only one Super Bowl winner, there's only one NBA championship winner, there's only... So how do you define success? And then what does it feel like when you get there? Because a lot of people think success and you reach it and you're like, we just won the Super Bowl and you still have this empty feeling. Mm-hmm. You can win three cha- state championships in a row and still have this empty feeling. So, you know, what fills you up? Is it, and you and I talked about this yesterday, is it the relationships? Is it the impact? Um, 
Yeah, you know, I think that's really good. And when I've thought about the feeling of success, of course, we all know what success looks like, right? Like hang a banner. That's like the gold standard in sports. Like, did you hang a banner? You can always come back. That banner always, always be in the gym, those kind of things. But I've thought about what does success look like for me? What does it feel like for me? And on my days where I feel the most successful, I'm the most tired. Like I always talk at the end of wrestling season, I'm freaking exhausted. Like I've given everything. I am counting the days down to the state tournament because I got nothing left in the tank. I'm on fumes. Football, football kind of energizes me. Like I can take a week off and go right back to football and those kind of things. But when I do my best work, my feeling is exhaustion. Like I push myself to the edge where it's like, I, it's not sustainable because it shouldn't be sustainable. Right. Right. And so I always think about when I feel the most successful, I'm the most tired because I have truly given everything to whatever cause I'm chasing that I can. Um, And so for me, when I think about success and feeling, and is it a great feeling? No, it's awful. Right. (laughs) Like we're depleted. Like I know it's bad self-care. I push myself on the treadmill every day. And, and it never gets freaking easier, right? right? And then I go lift after that, and it, it never gets easier. I leave exhausted. It's 45 minutes of grueling, intense workout because that's what I'm, uh, you know, you and I are trying to to fight father time at this point a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never gets easier. And so, like, when I think about success and how it feels, exhaustion is the only word that comes to my mind. Yeah. I would have to say mine is challenged. I guess you would say would be the best for me is I want to be challenged. And for me, it's solving problems, I guess you could say. Uh, But I think the most rewarding for me, like when it's like success moment, define it, it's when I get to reach a kid. When I reach a kid. Uh, I'm just, I'm such a people, I mean, we're people people, right? We, We thrive on relationships and encouraging and impacting kids um it's reaching that unreachable kid that it was like oh johnny can't do this he's uncoachable he's that he's that it's reaching that kid it's like that's the that's the aha moment and i think that's what we're we're getting at too yeah you know and you and i live that life and you're the same person you're the same person that does that um the people that say oh you can't reach this kid oh this kid can't be coached oh this kid uh, he'll never learn how to read a defense. He'll never uh, learn how to kick. Okay, and accept that challenge. And, uh, you know, the wins are great, and this sounds awful as a coach, and I know it. The wins, they're great. If we lose, there's a lesson learned. But I think for a lot of coaches out there, or maybe not a lot, a large majority, <laughs> that if they don't win – the championship, it's unsuccessful. And I think you do your kids a disservice so you can go back to the law of the lid, right? Every team has a ceiling. Did you reach that team's potential? Did you exceed the ceiling or, you know, is it at the ceiling? And I, I think a lot of times that's, that's where it's at. You know, evaluate your team and were you successful by what the lid was for that team? Uh, if you win a championship, that's great. If you lose a championship, like I said before, there's only one team that wins at the end of the year that hoists the gold ball, that puts up the banner, that does all that. So don't define your success by the gold standard of a ring. 
I don't think you can do that. Yeah, you know, what's what's that famous quote where it's like uh, people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Right. I, I think about us in the people business in coaching, that's our job is to give them experiences that they're going to feel mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Yeah, that's so true. That's, I think they want, kids want that more than anything now. Like they, they're on their phones, they can get, in, they can, they can ask Siri anything and it'll answer them. But these kids want experiences. And I told the guy before we went out to Oregon, I said, I think it's the wow factor for these kids. Like that's the wow factor. They're going, they didn't know where we were going until they saw the NCAAs and they were like blowing us up. Like we're going there. Like that's, yes, that's where we're running. You go in the stadium the day before and you could do a little shakeout and they were just in awe. You could see in their faces like this is amazing. So success. And it's authentic. Yeah. Success for them was was being there. That's a success yeah. in itself. Um, getting there in the way the flights are today and pilots, like getting there on time was a success. Yeah, I, I just I think it's so important that uh, we're providing experiences and feelings for people in an authentic manner. Yeah, and um, so that's our challenge to coaches this week. And and really, as you move forward, and we're not too far from football season, uh, you know. So for those of you that are football minded, like Coach Weaver and I, and looking for your fix there, it's kind of like what experiences, what feelings are going to give your players, you know, over the course of the next four or five months. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro QuickDraw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw.